Well, welcome once again to the Vineyard. We're very glad you're with us this morning, and uh, welcome everybody joining us online. We're, we're so glad to have you as well. You make a, a big part of everything that's happened here, knowing that you're joining with us. And it's great to see folks here and see your faces and see winter people coming back and all the good stuff that's going on. So welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad that you're here. We're continuing on in a series today called Keep in Step. And, uh, you know, if we live by the Spirit, we need to keep in step with the Spirit. Uh, we, we finished a, a series uh, that I called a very foundational series. We talked about making sure we know his story from beginning to end. And, and then um, knowing his story, I think, helps us to plug into it. It also really opens up Scripture to us, and we begin to see how it fits. And so this series, um, I'm, I'm encouraging you to take it on yourself to really read through the Bible. That's at the heart of what we're doing here. That a lot of believers haven't read through the entire Bible. They've read parts of it. They study it. They do all, But they've actually not read through the whole thing. And um, it's so important that you get a hold of it. And I, uh, it's really not that daunting a task. It takes 80 hours to read the Bible, the average reader. 15 minutes a day, six days a week, will get you through it in a year. And I've encouraged you, if you haven't done it, start with the New Testament from Matthew 1, verse 1. And then read 15 minutes, put a bookmark there, and then keep going back to it. And do that until you finish the New Testament. If you miss a day, don't worry about it. Just read 15 minutes the next day. You don't need to double up because then people never get to it. Read through the New Testament when you're done. And, and people say, well, why start with the New Testament? Why not just start at the beginning? You're used to doing that with the book. If you read through the New Testament, I think it's a little easier to get first the habit going. Because you will find some places that might try and stop you up in the Old Testament if you don't have a good habit. And it will open up the Old Testament to you, knowing the New Testament. So read through the New Testament, and then jump into the Old Testament, start with Genesis 1-1, and just keep reading it until you read through the whole thing. Uh, And, you know, a motivation for that is this. Um, I firmly believe this. Why so many believers haven't read through the book is that the enemy doesn't want them to. And so there's this added sort of pressure. Uh, It's like, uh, I try and explain too, is how sometimes... You know, there's that thing when we're trying to pray where it seems to be more difficult than it should. There's this pressure because the enemy doesn't want you to do those two things. He doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to read the scripture. So you have to realize that and then press through in those moments. So I'm just encouraging you to get a hold of the word. And that's what this series has been about. The Bible is for everyone. It's important that we get it. It becomes our heartbeat, gets into our minds, and then shows itself as we live it out on this journey. And, you know, so we went back into... Uh, We looked in Deuteronomy, and just as the people of Israel were getting ready to go in the promised land, Moses gives them Deuteronomy. He says, listen, hang on to these words. Teach them to your children. Think about them in the morning and in the evening and throughout the day when you're coming and you're going. Hang on to these words. And then then we saw that by the time of uh, King Josiah, they'd completely forgotten about the word of the Lord. They uncovered it and they were all surprised. And so they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Uh, and then um, and we looked at how it was reintroduced then. And then we, we picked it up again last week in the Nehemiah's time and Ezra the priest. And again, they were reintroducing the word to everybody. They keep walking away from it. And the big themes behind that is the word is for everyone. And I want you to hang on to that. It's for everyone. It's for you. You need to, you need to get into this for yourself. Or it has a tendency of sort of moving away from us and becoming less and less. And so we don't want that to happen. We want to dig in. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look into uh, 1 Timothy, and we're going to get some advice from Paul uh, about how to continue to plug in the Scripture. And I wanted to sort of plug into the New Testament 
as we do that. A couple of bad jokes before we press on. What's made of leather and sounds like a sneeze? A shoe. So that's a Pastor Billy. Pastor Billy texted that, and when he texted it to me, it goes to Alice automatically. And uh, I started to chuckle. I was in my office when it came in. I had the door shut. I was in there studying and working. And then uh, Alice texts back to Billy, I don't get it. And so I jumped up, opened the door, and went, A shoe! And she went, Ah! <clears throat> that makes it even better. If you notice cows sleeping in a field, does that mean it's past your bedtime? All right, all right, last one. What did the nut say when it was chasing the other nut? I'm a cashew. I'm a cashew. Alice, my love, come. Pray for us. Lead us in the reading of the word. Those jokes that have sound effects are better, aren't they? They have the whole... But I really didn't get it when he texted it. We're in a group text, and uh, I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. A shoe? What's this, you know... So Steve came out and did it really loud. Achoo! Ah, I get it. That's how most of his jokes are. I have a delayed response. Okay, let's focus back in on the Lord, shall we, this morning, and then we'll read the word. Papa, let your kingdom come. In each of our lives today, let it break through right where we need it. Father, let us hear what we need to hear today to continue on in you. Give us hope and give, give our life, Father, some joy and some meaning today as we move forward. Father, I thank you that you've given us this day. And I pray that each person here, Father, would be blessed. Each family represented here would be blessed. Each person watching online, Lord, let them be blessed today. In Jesus' name, amen. The text today is out of the book of 1 Timothy. As Steve said, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy. And I really like this particular... Yes, please stand for the reading of the word. I'll catch up. I'll catch up. But I really like this particular reading because it it says, Be encouraged, those of you that are young. And so I took that for myself. Was that okay? (laughs) I don't know how theologically correct that is. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses... I'm not saying anything about it. (laughs) Smart, smart. Verses 6 through 16. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourselves to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. This is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. 
Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Blessed be the word of God. You can be seated. Everybody will think we're fighting. You didn't hear what she just said when she was walking away. We usually have a little kiss there. And she said, oh, I forgot. But if I don't kiss you now, everybody will think we're fighting. (laughs) Not that we ever fight. Sometimes we have some interesting disagreements. But that's good. That's good. So, this passage, um, you need to know that, that the scripture is for everyone. So sometimes you, you might read First Timothy and think, well, this is just advice from Paul to Timothy, who's the leader in the church, and this is how he's supposed to do things. But you have to sort of take into all these things that, have, um, that are in our scripture, is that we can learn from all of it. And don't... Narrow it out like that, because as you start sort of taking things and go, well, that's for this group, and that's for that group, and that's the, um, you start missing how it all applies to you. And that's how we can get away from understanding the word is for everyone. We start going, well, that's just for those people, or only those people really need to know that, or only those people. It's, it's something that all of us need to take in and learn from and understand, and, uh, and then act uh, and live out the way that the word is teaching us to live. And so that's what's going on as Paul is talking to Timothy. Uh, interesting, you know, I love the way it starts out. He says, listen, don't, don't settle for uh, myths or, or wives' tales, he calls them. And, and to me, what I think he's saying is, listen, don't just sort of settle in on the way the culture sees things. Um, and, and this is very important, especially now, because a lot of people think that today the Bible isn't relevant. Well, it's too old. It's a couple thousand years old, how, at least. How can, it, how can it apply to us today? We're way smarter than people used to be. And you know that the reality is, if you go back and study people over history, we're not as smart as we think. They know a whole bunch of stuff. And certainly we've had some, you know, things that we understand now in ways that they didn't and everything. But they were way ahead of things that, uh, uh, it's not that you could just, you know, pull the wool over their eyes. They got things. Um, and so we, we have to, we're going to have to determine at times what's truth. And, and I can promise you this is truth. And where this disagrees with culture, it's not this that's wrong. All right? It's it's culture that often gets things wrong. So we need to continue to plug in and understand this and not settle it. And the way he's saying it, he's saying, listen, it's something you really have to practice. You have to work at it. You have to press in. It's, it's like you have to train yourself on this journey. Uh, you just can't kind of go along for the ride. Now, now, granted, if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're in the story and it's moving along. But there's more to it. And God wants you to have the most amazing life now and forever that you can have. And so our part is yielding to the Holy Spirit, cooperating and pressing in and realizing, like I said, that, that the enemy doesn't want us to engage in the scripture or in prayer. And that's why it's so important that we do. And so we have to like train. He said, you know, physical training is of some value. And it's true. It is. Uh, you know, I would agree with that. Uh, Alice and I, six days a week, we, we do a two mile walk run and we kind of split it up. We 
we walk half and we run half. And we don't do it all at once. We do, we do some walking and then we run, or we run three tenths of a mile. And then we, and then we walk some more and then we run another three and then we run another three. And we actually, in the beginning somewhere, we do a quick one tenth just to warm up. Because I have to get, I have to get past all the pain that happens in that first one. And it's, you know, it's not easy. People go, well, why, well I, what I discovered over time was that I would rather deal with the pain that I have while I'm doing it than the pains that I feel when I'm not doing anything, which seem to be worse. Isn't that weird? But, uh, and, and there's already enough noise effects in my life just from standing up that uh, I want to keep things moving where I can. So there's some value to it. And, and um, but he's saying it's so, it's even more so is our time that we spend in scripture and in, in this life that we have to, you have to invest in it. You, it's like, there's things that we're always learning. I, I thought, you know, 14, 15 years ago, I had this thought that I should probably learn how to build websites. And you, because they, they weren't very good back, they had them, but they weren't very good. And I thought that they could be more. And so I spent several years and many, many hours learning how to build and develop websites back then. I just figured it would be something that I was supposed to do. And, you know, I learned HTML. I learned all sorts of things about websites and I built a lot of websites since then. And, and uh, I haven't, I'm not as current as I would like to be because it's changing all the time. And, uh, and you know, so um, I still maintain our websites for now. And, and uh, you know, but I, I think it took a lot of effort. There was a lot of work that went into it. You know, I look back sometimes and I think, well, why did I spend all that time? It's not like that's what I do. You know, I'm not building websites for a living or anything. But then I had this thought um, when, when God sort of put the idea in my heart 2013 or so to start the little Bible Institute that we had. Um, if I hadn't known how to build a website, that probably never would have happened because it would have been too hard to sit down with somebody and sort of get them to do it. And, you know, that we do it all for free. That would have taken a whole nother realm. And so I just built that website and um, it's been working ever since. It started in 2014. And what I thought would have 25 or 50 students has well over 1,200 students all over the world now. Yeah, I know. That's cool. But, but you ever look and you see how well, that's how God uses those things, even though we may not be doing it. But it, the, my whole point was it took effort. It took time. I invested in it. Well, you have to invest in the scripture that way. And you will see it make a difference in your life. So it has to become a priority. And, and that's what I want it to be in your life. Make it a priority. Just you, you, Yeah, you figured it out. If you know Jesus, you got the, you got the big part figured out. But now there's this other stuff. It's not works. We're not working out our salvation. It's none of those things. You've got that all settled in him. But it's living it out so that it makes a difference in your life and in the lives of people around us. And so there's four quick points that I, I think we can grab out of this particular passage. First thing we have to do is you have to set your hope in the living God. This is, this is a priority. You have to know uh, where your hope is. And I've told you over and over again that uh, as part of the big story, those verses in Revelation 21, where we know that... You know, new heaven is coming back to earth and everything here is renewed and restored. And, and that needs to be our ultimate hope. And in, no matter what's going on in our life, you need to know that that's ultimately what's going to happen. There's so many neat things that are happening now, though, but that's our, where our big hope goes. You set your hope in the living God. In fact, Paul says in verse 9, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. That's where we have to have our hope. We get our hope in Him as we walk out this life. Now, we've spent time talking about hope in the past, and 
I, I always say that hope is a really good thing. You need to have hope. But you need to sort of understand that there's different kind of hopes. And, and I always go to three. There could be lots and lots. But to me, there, there's always casual hope and there's precious hope and there's ultimate hope. Casual hopes are those things, you know, and I teased about this a few weeks ago, like, you know, today, well, I hope the dolphins win. And then right now there's a lot of people from everywhere. So I looked over at one of them and said, well, I hope the Packers win. And then my, my friend who was a Bears fan went, oh, no. And so I had to go, well, I hope the Bears win. And I hope so. But that's a casual hope, right? You hope that happens. But generally, if it doesn't happen, you know, you're OK. I hope you're OK, at least by the next day. Uh, I hope it's the weather's nice so I can go fishing. I hope I hope these are casual hopes. Your precious hopes, uh, and the way I usually determine those, are those are the things that kind of fuel your prayers. You know, that's why I, I, you know, I hope that so-and-so is the, you know, has a good test result or whatever. If they're more, a little more intense, those are your precious hopes. And then there's ultimate hope, which I just told you where ultimate hope needs to be. The problem that we often have is that we allow our casual hopes to become precious hopes. We allow our precious hopes to become ultimate hope. And when your hope doesn't work out, your heart's sick. The scripture talks about that. And so we need to make sure we've got our hopes right. And, and, and our hope needs to be in the living God and understanding who he is and what's coming and, and all the amazing things that he's done in our lives. So we set our hope in him. And, and we realize as we do that that we're just living out our part in his story. I was thinking about this, you know, and this is important to sort of get a hold of, that, that we're called to live in this time, in this moment, in this place. And, and with everything that's going on in the world around us, you have to be aware of that. You were called to live in this time, in this moment, in this place. And that you're part of his story. And it's a much, much bigger story than sometimes what we allow ourselves to get distracted by. Please remember the bigger story all the time. Okay? I could take the entire rest of the sermon and go back over the bigger story, but, but it's so important that you sort of have it at some level, that it all started, you know, creation back in the garden, God coming and making a cosmic temple there in Eden. It was a picture uh, at a place where heaven and earth met. God just wanted to dwell with us. Uh, and that was his heart. He wants to dwell with us as his people. And he wants to partner with us to do things on the planet. That was the heart of God. And in effect, what he said to Adam and Eve is he made this cosmic temple. And you know, the other thing about the temple is that all the temples uh, everywhere, what they always have in it is an image of the God that they represent. But if you, if you start reading about the temple we know about, there wasn't a, technically an image in there. You know why? Because we're the image. That's what God did. And so when we're image bearers, we're in the temple, and he says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to partner together, and we're going to make the rest of the planet, which is all good, but we're going to make it like Eden. That's what we're going to do together. Uh, I would love for you to join me in that, he says. And and he says, but listen, there's one thing. Stay away from this one tree, because basically there were gardeners, Adam and Eve. But there's one Stay away from that one. If you go to that one, it's going to introduce a whole different thing into the world. And you know what happens? At some point, they eventually go... And they open up the door for the evil one, and the evil one comes in with sin and death. This new power they didn't even know about back then, death, enters the world. And that's how the enemy has messed everything up since. He's got sin and death, and that's in his realm. He took the authority that was given us to go and subdue the planet. He grabbed it from us when we said, God, we don't want to do it your way, and everything changed. But God never gives up on us. You've got to know this in the story. This is so important, why our hope is so crucial. And, and soon he, they, we, we sort of have the Exodus story coming along, where the people are in slavery and bondage is this sound familiar and, and sin and and they're caught by the egyptians and and god comes and miraculously delivers and rescues them 
And then he takes them out through the seas and he gives them the ten words. He speaks to them. Uh, this is how I want you to live because they didn't know. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what humanity looks like. And he sets things up in this whole new way. And, and they're to live by these things so that people know there's a God. They're going to be so different from every other nation that people are going to know. That's, there's got to be one true God. That was the whole point. And he says, listen, there's going to be a place again where heaven and earth meet. That'll be the tabernacle. Tabernacle becomes a big deal. And so they build a tabernacle, and sure enough, the presence of God comes, and there's a place again where heaven and earth meet. We had it in the beginning, blew apart of the fall, but now there's a place. And that moves into temple. We see that. The presence of God is in that first temple when it's built. And then the people continue to go and do what they shouldn't do, and boom, exile happens, and they're taken away, and Jerusalem is destroyed, and the temple's gone, and there's no place where heaven and earth meet until Jesus comes back. But there was that scene, too. They actually went back after exile, rebuilt the temple, but no presence of God. They just didn't show up. We, we see it in history. We know it wasn't there. And then Jesus arrives on the scene. And when Jesus comes, he starts saying things like, tear this temple down, I'll put it back in three days. Because what he's saying is, he's the temple. See, he's the place where heaven and earth meet once again. That's, what, that's who he is. Fully God, fully man. And he's going to change everything. And see, it's because God loves us. Some people actually have the idea that God's this big vengeful meanie and that the only way he could sort of get back into relationship with him by killing his son. Listen, God came, fully God, fully man, and gave himself for us because he loves us and his heart has always been to dwell with us. And so Jesus comes and lives the perfect sinless life that we couldn't and then willingly goes to the cross. And there on the cross, he takes every consequence from all time, everything that happened in the fall, every bit of guilt and shame and all that heartbreak, he takes it all on and he takes it there on the cross. He takes it all on and then he dies and he takes it down with him. And I love this part because he takes all that mess and that's my picture of me, just leaves it all down there. And then to demonstrate he has power over the enemy, he takes and he defeats death. He pays for sin, defeats death, rises again. Amen. That's the story that you guys live in. And you remember that. And that starts everything. He becomes the first of this new creation. It's the promise of everything else that's going to happen. And we see this amazing thing taking place in Jesus. And then Jesus, he's got to go. And he said, but I'm sending you Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit dwells in us. We can talk about that. But we're the temple now. You need to know that. Singularly and corporately. Paul tells us, we're the temple. We're the place where heaven and earth meet. And because of what Jesus has done, he's restored to us the image of God. We're image bearers once again. And he's restored our vocation, which is to partner with God and make a difference in the world. And the way we do that is living as humans were intended to live and making a difference in that life. That's what you have to take in. Until Jesus comes back. That's our hope. New heaven, new earth. Everything is renewed and restored the way it was in the creation. So you have to know that story. And right now, you're living in the exact right place, in the exact right time, in the exact right moment that God has called you in his story. And his story is so amazing. That's where he wants you to live. So we take those things in. And he calls us to be an example. That's the second thing that's going on. We're to be an example. Command to teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. So we, we take in the word, we yield to the Holy Spirit, and it changes us from the inside out, doing those things, and we cooperate with him. And it's supposed to change the way that we live, and the way that we live impacts the world around us for him. We're to be examples. Um, I always find this interesting because... 
So, how do you deal with the thought that people are watching you and how you live? I always tease, you know, people are watching the way you drive. If you've got one of them big Christian bumper stickers on the back of your car, you better be the kindest driver on the road. People said to me, why don't you have a Christian bumper sticker? I'm not ready to identify when I'm driving. I'm not fully representing. I'm trying. <laughs> we're, we're examples. You, those of you that have children know this. You can tell your children whatever you want to tell them, but they do what they see you do. You can't get away with do what I say, not what I do. It doesn't work. We're examples. And we have to be aware of that. I think it's a little easier for us because if you haven't figured it out now, you're almost always on video anywhere, wherever you go. You're, you're constantly being watched. So, so that makes a difference. We're to be an example. And, and we do that by living this thing out. Not as hypocrites. I'm not saying you pretend this stuff. If you're turning something on and off, that's not good. You know, it should just be who you are, that you're living. You're not perfect. You're going to mess up. Although I get all those things. But we're an example to the world around us of what it means to be the people of God. And, and we live this thing out. And so then he says, and the reading of scripture is really important. Uh, now think about it back then. He called it the public reading of scripture because that was the only way they could get the word. Because not everybody had a copy. Um, you know, you, most people didn't have scrolls. Uh, they were really expensive. Think about the time that went into to writing a scroll. So it had to be read out loud so that people could hear it and understand it and respond to it and be changed by it. Until I come, he says... Um, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. You need to make sure that people are taking in the Word of preaching and to teaching. You need to make sure people get it. We saw this in Nehemiah. You know, Ezra was reading and the Levites were there making sure people understood it. That's what has to happen. These are the things that we're called to do. People go, well, that, you know, I'm not preaching and teaching. You know, you may not be standing up on a platform doing it or doing it to large groups. But you're the way you live out your life. You're teaching. You're teaching. You know, we're to teach our children, the people that we're in relationship with. We're to, you know, preaching is just sort of the passionate sharing of your story. You all are doing those things, and you continue to do it. And then you persevere. That's the fourth thing. Persevere. Keep pressing in. Keep doing it. Keep, keep you know, don't give up. Keep going. And, and it's so important. We talked about that in reading the scripture and in everything that we do. Be diligent, he says, in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Now, over the course of your life, there should be some change, it's evident. I, I've been doing this now with walking with the Lord for 35 years, and some things have changed. Not everything has changed yet, but some things have changed, and, and that's really important. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. Now, that save yourself there isn't... Um, Salvation. It's not how you get to go to heaven or anything. It's you'll save yourself from all of the pitfalls and all of the things that come from not living God's way. And you, as you sort of demonstrate that, you can help other people who go through that too. And that's a big deal because you know what God wants for you is the absolute best life you can have now. I'm about to close, but I, I shared this with the other group. I want to share it with you. So in this whole progress and life and you know persevering and all those things, um, I, I'm confident that. This is one of the ways that God does that with us. The Holy Spirit's always trying to, you know, move us on in the journey. And there'll be some issues in your life that, that he, there'll be a, in particular, it's usually an issue. He's, there's an issue that he wants to deal with, and so he brings it up. And he sort of encourages you to do something about it. Let's, let's work on this. Here's an issue that we should make some changes. And you'll, you'll be aware of it because, you know, you've, you've known, oh, I'm not doing that quite right, or that doesn't feel quite right. And so it'll come up. And you either deal with it or you don't. That's 
it's always on you to make those choices. And if you don't, I, my experience has been, he, he will bring it up again. And, and for me, it's more like, you know, hey, really, I think you should probably deal with this. It's going to be good. Only because he wants the best life for me and the way it impacts everybody else. And I can either choose to deal with it or not. Well, I have found that if I ignore those sort of little things, and I will call those first sort of things tender mercy of God. Mercy is always good, but the tender mercy is the best one to respond to. If, if I continue to ignore those things, he will bring it up again, and at some point, it, it's, it's not the tender flavor any longer. <laughs> some of you are going to get this. I, I had... I had someone come up to me and, and said, you know, that I've, under, I've experienced, I've had those tender mercy calls, and then, and then all of a sudden it was a policeman who pulled me over for something I shouldn't have been doing, and I got to hear a different kind of mercy. <laughs> uh, this is the, our life, see? And, but the Holy Spirit's going to continue to work in us and help us on this journey, but we need to learn to respond to Him, and then as we do, we see it making a difference in us now, and that impacts people around us. So I just want to encourage you to stay engaged, press into the scripture, see that it's training, it's part of what you're called to, and it's a big part of our lives that you continue to press into that together. All right, we'll end it there because it's uh, 10.30. Alice, my the one you come, we'll pray, and then uh, we'll dismiss. So Holy Spirit, won't you come? And just move among us. You know all of the situations that are here. You know the struggles that we face. You know the joys that we have. Uh, I pray that, that you would just begin to meet each person at those places now. For those who are just dealing with disappointment or weariness, that you would come and you would bring peace and encouragement to them. Just meet them in those places. Remind them that you're with them. And let them settle in you once again. I pray for anyone here who's sick today and ask that you would just bring healing into their lives and that you would move in a mighty way. And for those who are, who are sort of feeling trapped or stuck, or, or, or maybe even as I was talking about those things that keep coming back up, that, that, that Holy Spirit, you would just give them power to be free today, truly free, set them free. Let it, let this, as a, as a song we were singing, let this be an exodus moment for them. And, and, and let them just see you as they, as they move through it, come out on the other side. That you would just restore and deliver them. Alice. Amen. Good words. I had, um, I had one earlier this week, and this is going to sound really strange to you because it did to me, because we live in the Keys. God said, there's somebody in your heart's been frostbitten. And he wants you to know that it's okay. It's not, it's not actually a physical thing. You've just been hurt. And the Lord's going to warm that up for you and just pour oil over that and bring healing into your life. And Pastor Georgina had a really pretty one that she woke up with this morning. And she said that someone feels like Job. You feel like all is lost and you, you can find no peace. She felt like the Lord said to her to tell you to look up because your Redeemer lives. And in the end, he will stand upon the earth. And that scripture is Job 19, 25 through 27, if anybody wants to write that down. Um, as we were praying before the service, Pastor Billy turned to me and he said, I, I've got this, this, this thing in my head I want to share with you. And it's peanut butter and jelly. Okay, that's cool. We got peanut butter and jelly back there. 
But he said, someone's stuck in the peanut butter. You're stuck in the peanut butter, but your jelly's on the way. So just, yeah, just Amen. be at peace, you know. I like Take it. it. God, God brings those words right to the level that we need them. Amen. <laughs> so, amen. Amen. Good. Thank you. Well, um, listen, this whole thing starts by joining his story, asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. He's done all the work at the cross. Our part is just to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. It's that faith, that declaration that gets you into his story. If you've never done it, do it right now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? It actually changes everything. Best decision you will ever make. If you make that decision today, you're watching online, you do it. Would you text that word to me? Heart. Just text heart to that number just so I can know and can celebrate with you and we'll, we'll send you things. But that's where it all starts and that's so, so important that we do that. And, and church, I want to thank you again for your amazing generosity and your faithfulness to give and to tithe and all the things that you're doing. If you're watching online, this is how you do that digitally. If you're here, we have offering boxes up front on the way out, spaced out so that you can you can do that. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you for those things. And uh, let's sing the doxology together and then we'll go. Praise God from whom all blessings And Holy Ghost. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Make sure everybody goes out these doors, please. They'll be open for you so you don't touch anything. Hope your team wins. Hope you catch some fish. Have a great day. God bless you guys. We will see you soon. We wanted to thank you, too, for watching us online. You're a big part of what goes on here, and we just want you to know that we appreciate you, that we're praying for you. I didn't get to, I didn't get to tell this group, but I need to tell you, listen, if you want to get ready for next week, it's going to be Galatians. You want to read uh, chapter 1 of Galatians, and we're going to hop in that together. And so thank you for being with us. Y'all getting a sneak peek. Sneak peek of next week. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. God bless you. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.